Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, my name's Richard Moss, and I make a podcast called The Life and Times of Video Games. It's a narrative and documentary-style show about games' history and how the medium has evolved over time. Each episode or bonus interview soundbite delves into some aspect of the ups and downs of the industry, or the design, development, and legacy of the best or most interesting games ever made. It's all carefully edited, complete with original music and sound design, and a mix of interviews and deep research. All set up to tell you a great story about the secret worlds behind or within video games. I hope you enjoy the show. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Did you know that ArtCast is on Patreon? Well, now you do. So go check out patreon.com slash ArtCast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support, or you could join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. So once again, that's patreon.com slash ArtCast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 168 of the Arcast. I am your host, David Yilton, and with me is a man who is not a real doctor, but he plays one on his TV, Robert Workman. In TV, in college, yeah, I'm really good at that. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of doctor it's, were you in college, though? <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, let me just put it this way. I had more than enough golf clubs. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, right. you know, today we're talking about Dr. Mario, and I, I really want to know who gave him his doctor license. Like, you know, because he's not really a doctor, but... Uh, <laughs> the world may never know. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know, but we got all sorts of Nintendo news today, because if we've learned anything, David, it, it's that Nintendo really likes their reading designed they really like taking their older game systems and redesigning them into something more compact more i guess aesthetically pleasing if you will uh something really more compact we've seen it with the nes we've seen it with the game boy now we're seeing it with the nintendo switch this is the big news this week is the nintendo switch Lite. uh they just announced it uh there are three different models that are coming out uh, of course the yellow turquoise and gray as long as well as the pokemon model that's coming in november uh but the first three models are released September 20th. It's going to be $199. Uh, You will not be able to connect it to a television. It's going to be portable only. So I guess they're trying to eventually now shift out the 3DS if they haven't already. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going to have a 720p display. It's not going to have removable Joy-Cons. You will be able to connect... uh, a controller with it or whatnot, I believe. And, uh, you know, it's going to be compatible with most games. Obviously, you won't be able to play Mario Party with it or games that use the Joy-Cons or whatnot. But, uh, I mean, you can, but, I mean, you have to use, like, other Joy-Cons, like the oh, Joy-Cons that's right, that, yeah. like, detach. You have to connect them that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you won't be able to use Labo with it, though. Right, Labo is a no-go, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, no no Labo. But, yeah, I mean, it, this is, a, this is a, a move forward. We've been hearing about this system for the longest time, and now it's... It's officially happening, and you know, a lot of people are excited about it, but there are also a lot of people who are giving guff about it because, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, we we really don't need a Switch Lite, but you know, there are a lot of people who are going to pick this up, David, because, you know, this is exactly how it's been with the past, as I Mm -hmm. stated, you know, Nintendo did this with the NES, the top loader, and now the top loader with its dog bone controller is a big collector's item, you know, the Game Boy Micro, a collector's item, you know, that Game Boy Advance SP foldable. I think there's like a GBA light as well at some point. Yeah, I know. I mean, there are all these collectibles and these are going to be collectibles as well, especially the Pokemon one that Mm -hmm. is going to be snapped up. I mean, look at the Nintendo 64 Pokemon with the light up little cheeks. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, it's a DSi light uh, I was thinking about. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just going to be a matter of time before this system sells like hotcakes and adds to the continuing count of sold Switch systems, even though the original Switch system will still be available and still sell like hotcakes. For those yeah. Who connect. 
Yeah, and like it makes sense honestly because you know Nintendo has done this in the past, as you mentioned, and uh, it's coming in line with when the new Pokemon games are coming out, Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, which certainly makes sense because obviously that's a big seller for them, uh, which also is very obvious because they are coming out with with specific Pokemon Sword and Shield versions of the Pokemon Switch or of, of the Nintendo Switch Lite. Uh, so you know th- this is all to kind of like line up and to kind of like sell these to mainly uh, to mainly kids really. Um, because like if you already own a switch and a lot of people already own switches, then you really don't have a need for this aside from like the better battery life. That's like really the only like perk to it in that case. And the D pad and the D pad and the D pad. Yes. That, that's a big <laughs> one, which is certainly something that we have to talk about because you know, it was just kind of weird for a Nintendo console to not have the D pad considering that they basically invented the damn thing to begin with. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, my system has a D pad, but only cause I paid for the custom joy cons, but oh, yeah, the, yeah mean, that's right. I saw you post that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I, need a d-pad yeah (laughs) i don't do the buttons thing but you know it's (laughs) i mean i know some people who are gonna be like oh i got a switch but i don't want to wear down the switch by taking it with me so i'm gonna leave my switch at home i'm gonna get the switch light because apparently you'll be able to transfer save data because they're eventually at one point going to introduce an update where you can transfer data between the two systems and you can like take cartridges and you can like download games. You'll probably have to get like a bigger memory card thing or whatnot, but I'm well, it's cloud saves, I believe, right? Yeah. So you should be fine. So it's a matter of, you know, just picking the games you want to take with you and then just, you know, taking your system and playing it on the go. And, you know, kids will probably pick up on it for the most part, but I know a lot of people will be like, yeah, I'm going to give me a, yellow system and take it with me sure why not yeah. or turquoise why not? well i know our friend kelsey lewin uh she loves yellow systems in general so this is definitely yeah. upper alley like in that sense um but as far as this being like a hundred dollars cheaper and coming out like around the time when uh, when the new pokemon game is coming out and around like the holiday season as well this just makes all the sense in the world uh, i believe nintendo is just going to make gangbusters on this when it comes out and it's just gonna you know it's just gonna be like a perfect gift honestly for Basically, like the kids in your family who don't already have a switch, or that you know they they don't have like a switch of their own, and um, you know it, it just it just kind of like makes sense that this would be targeted towards kids who are looking forward to Pokemon, and also people who, as you mentioned there as well, um, people who haven't gotten off the 3DS yet, and I believe like a lot of people got on the 3DS right when the new Pokemon games came out, like Sun and Moon. Um, so again, it, it makes sense. I'm I'm sure we're gonna see like a spike in Switch sales from that. And uh, this also comes in the heels, too, of Nintendo trying to avoid, um, I guess, like that, like, lull that is expected, like, around this time of, like, a console's life cycle. Yeah, I think the only the only downside to this is this pretty much guarantees that the 3DS is done. I mean, we kind of knew it was when, like, you know, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn was kind of like the final game for the system earlier this year. The but, last Nintendo game, anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I know that like, they released one more Persona game, or what was it, uh, some Shin Megami Persona, game. Yeah, it's Persona Q2, yeah, that's going to be from Atlas, but that's, like, the last, like, major game that's coming out for 3DS, yeah. as far as I know. I mean, aside, aside from some shovelware or whatever, that's really about it so yeah, yeah that's pretty much it for 3ds so i mean now it's just going to be like a legacy system so it's just going to be going the way of the dodo now and people are going to move over to the switch and i think that's what nintendo's kind of looking forward to and let's not forget you know there are other games that people are going to be interested in, in as well astral chain fire emblem marvel ultimate alliance 3 you know uh damon x machina you know all these different games and link's awakening Wars. also yeah link's awakening that's going to be give me a link system you know, yeah. give me a green, you know, or give me a Bayonetta system covered in leather. Do I would it. totally I'll, I'll buy, buy that, that, honestly. Yeah, I'll I totally would buy, buy three of those, please. <laughs> you know, have, give me give me one of those, you know. And, and it's kind of funny because Nintendo, they know their markets. They, they really do. And they're also catering very well to the mobile market because, you know, we, we're going to talk about Dr. Mario this week. And the big reason that we're talking about Dr. Mario this week is because they finally released Dr. Mario World. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, of course, a new mobile video game for iOS and Android. It actually came out on Tuesday. Day, a day before its scheduled July 10th launch date. This is, of course, a free-to-play game that follows the classic puzzle Mario game. Features Mario and his friends as they play against each other with special skills. Uh, you can buy optional items from the game within the app. This is obviously not as pounded with, you know, like purchasable items like say Mario Kart is. I guess. I mean, it's a little easier. I mean, it's still kind of egregious, though. To be fair, I don't know if you got is to play it? it at all, Robert. Or I didn't play it too much. How bad is it? It's pretty bad. Um, uh, I mean, it's really only noticeable when you get like pretty far in, like I say, like, I don't know, level 40 or 50 or something like that, when you oh start no. to kind of notice okay. that like, mm, you kind of need these items to actually win and get through them. Oh, really? Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty egregious. And um, 
I mean, I, I like the game itself. I mean, like, it's a pretty standard, like, I don't know, Candy Crush Saga style puzzle game, basically, but with the Dr. Mario kind of like, um, you know, the, with, the, with the Dr. Mario skin on it. Um, but yeah, like the the microtransactions are definitely like a problem. Uh, that's that's always going to be a problem. I feel like with these types of games, it's, it's a very much of a of a balancing act, I guess, in order to kind of get that right. I feel like with all these mobile releases. Bummer, because I, mean, I know when like they did the beta test for Mario Kart, those were vicious with their yeah. microtransactions, like super vicious. Like you couldn't go literally a mile mm-hmm. without running into one of those. You know, compared to like say something like Mario Kart Seven or Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. You know, so I, I think that's just going to be literally a hurdle that these players are going to have to deal with when it comes to their mobile games. I mean, you know, there are some that are willing to deal with that. I mean, just ask going to be that plays that Animal Crossing um, Pocket Camp game, yeah, you know, or the right. Fire Emblem games, because those are doing gangbusters for Nintendo right now. But mm-hmm. I have a feeling Dr. Mario will establish that audience, at least until, you know, one of these days when Nintendo establishes the Dr. Mario game for Switch, which would do gangbusters, because, you know, look at Tetris. Tetris is doing really good on the switch right now because you know they started out with what tetris 99 and then they started releasing the side content you know with what the single player modes and now they're going to add even more and now they're going to do like a retail release with some stuff and a nintendo online membership which is i think oh okay that makes sense yeah yeah at least with like nintendo they they've been having some success lately with their mobile releases uh specifically with like super mario run and also with pokemon go certainly that was kind of the big one um so like they're trying to kind of follow after pokemon go and like see like you know what other properties that they can apply to the mobile market in that case uh with dr mario like it makes sense as obviously puzzle games are very popular on the mobile phones um but uh yeah i don't know it's just that the, the microtransactions just need to calm you know, down a lot cal- calm down exactly yeah they kind of like, you know to, to get them to control over there really so um i don't know like it's, it's definitely a fun game but yeah the, the microtransactions need to be a little less invasive and a little less uh needed i guess yeah well you know it's nintendo as long as it makes some money it's going to be questionable when they calm that down. But, you know, on the bright side, we still have the Nintendo Switch stuff, so at least that's going well for them. So yeah. I think, you know, as long as you have some sort of legacy that's working the right way, there's always something that's going to stand out. And speaking of a legacy that stands out, we come back to the Sega Dreamcast. Of course. And, you know, it's about on the midst of its 20th anniversary. It's coming up in September here. And there's a great little uh, Glory Years kind of a video series here that you actually uh, were able to get a glimpse of. I've, I have yet to see it, but I'm about to watch it tonight, which sounds pretty cool. Tell me, Tell us more about it here. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're in for like a treat because it is really, really well done. Uh, this is by the um, there's like a YouTube channel here called Archipel or Archipel. I'm not sure how how to pronounce that, but uh, basically it is a um, an interview series. It's like it's a two part interview series uh, with like creators of like people for, uh, who who made like Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, Soul Calibur, and other you know and other games like that that were on the Sega Dreamcast. And uh, basically them talking about like the games that they created and what their thinking was really behind it. And um, it is really, really fascinating, and it's kind of get like an inside sense, I guess, of what the what the environment was like, I guess, within Sega during those those Dreamcast years, especially like when when they knew that the PlayStation Two was coming, um, those dark days kind of coming along, as far as like what they were expecting with with the PlayStation Two, and like how it was just kind of showing more value with uh, with what they're having, like with you know with it being like a DVD player along with being a game console. And, um, you know, with PlayStation 2's, like, hardware as well, like, all the developers were, like, talking about, like, how they were, like, impressed by the hardware of the PlayStation 2 and how they knew that what Sega had with the Dreamcast, although they, they really liked the console, it just wasn't going to stack up on a technological standpoint as the PlayStation 2. And um, yeah, it, it, it was, was kind of like a little bit of a bittersweet trip down memory lane, I guess, for, like, a lot of these people. It was just really, really interesting um, like I know, um, I, I know like the, the particular stories I really liked here, uh, there was the Seaman developer, Yute Saito, um, who really went into like how, like even the concept for Seaman came, came about, uh, it, it was just like really, really amazing to hear that. Um, and then there was also Riko Kodama, who is, uh, who's basically considered like the first lady of RPGs cause uh, she was, uh. Let's see, she was like a graphic designer for Sega, and uh, she was like the lead artist for Fantasy Star, for the original Fantasy Star game. And um, you know, she eventually went on to make like other RPGs like Skies of Arcadia. 
Um, you know, so she is very much into like the RPG genre. Um, she is one of the first uh, successful women in gaming, basically. So like she is, you know, she has like a kind of like a like a point in history, like in that sense. Also um, about the game Sega Gaga, because I remember hearing a bit about this game. Yeah. I never really went super in depth with what this game was. I just kind of heard about. It. I was like, what's what's Sega Gaga, and I never really bothered to find out. Uh, you definitely learn about Sega Gaga in this and uh, what went behind, I guess, like the person who created it, um, like with their, their, their like thinking with making it. And uh, he really, really loves like the whole meta genre as far as like, you know, because like if you don't know what, what Sega Gaga is, it's basically um, an RPG that uh, is a, basically like a parody of what was actually going on at the time with Sega in the gaming industry where you're in the future is like 2020 20 something or whatever. And um, Sega has like three percent of the market share, and then the other, like the rest of the market share, is like is uh, owned by like this parody of Sony, basically. Dogma. It was owned by Dogma. a company called Dogma. If that, I that's remember the, that, the name of Dogma, I and mean, it was like a, not not Kevin Smith's Dogma. Not to be confused. Yeah, with no, no, Ke- no, the Kevin Smith film. But yeah, it was actually the name Dogma, and it was actually they were trying to copy like the war between Dreamcast and Sony PlayStation Two at the time. It was actually a lot of fun from when I remember seeing it. It never made it to the U.S., but it was this this fun little game, if I recall, that had a nice little cult following for a while. Yeah, because it had like a lot of cameos from like other Sega mascots, like Sonic the Hedgehog, and like people from Golden Axe. Samba yeah. was in it. Samba de Amigo. Sa- Samba de Amigo. Or Amigo exactly. Was in yeah. It. yeah, Amigo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's it it just really, really crazy. Like, I, I honestly want to say that this was Undertale before Undertale, actually, because of its combat system. <laughs> nice. Because you don't actually like fight people; you basically like talk down to them in order to weaken them, and then you basically <laughs> beat them that way. So it's very Undertale. You smell like garbage. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You basically like bring people down and make them feel bad about themselves more or David, less in order to beat them. You look like a used them. car salesman. No, I'm not. Gonna right. Lie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you smell like old gym socks. <laughs> How dare you? I washed them this morning. Anyway, yeah, I, get, I get your point, but I mean, this is a really fascinating series. I'm going to have to watch this tonight. Uh, I'm yeah. definitely going to take time to invest in this because, I mean, you know me. I'm everything Dreamcast, and these guys really did create a terrific legacy. You know, like right from the start. You know, like with Soul Calibur, a game that defined the Dreamcast from the word go with this, mm-hmm. this unbelievably trend-setting fighting game that just stood out in every angle. And then you had like, you know, great arcade ports like Crazy Taxi, you know, sports games like NFL 2K1 and NBA 2K1 and original games, Jet Set Radio, Samadei Amigo, Seaman, you know, mm-hmm. RPG, Skies of Arcadia. I mean, we could be sitting here talking for hours on end to how amazing the Dreamcast was. We'll have to revisit it one of these days. But this series, you know, we'll, we'll have links to the episodes, the first or the two parts anyway. And uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And I will definitely give it a view. This is definitely up my alley. I'll be spending tonight doing this. And, uh, you know, it's just great to revisit, like, a lot of retro memories. And I'll tell you, uh, another thing you could do here, David, if you're into retro memories, uh, PlayStation has a bunch of retro memories. They have a retro sale going on right now. Yeah. Uh, they're hosting a, a retro sale over there at the PlayStation blog, or PlayStation blog, PlayStation store, rather. Uh, and they have a ton of great deals on, on games right now on PlayStation. PlayStation 4, as well as PlayStation 3. A number of games are on sale, including Arcade Archives titles, uh, Neo Geo titles, uh, Crash Bandicoot's Insane Trilogies on sale, a number of PS2 to PS4 games. I'm actually going to buy Red Dead Revolver because mm. I still need to play all the way through, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Bullies on sale. A few of the Samurai Shodan games that we talked about, including 5 Special and 6 are on yep. sale. Um, Residents of Fate, I think we talked about that a little bit as well. A Spiral Reignited Trilogies on sale. Uh, there's a few great games on sale here, and it's a good chance to stock up. Ikaruga is like five bucks. Yeah, you know that's a that's a great deal if you have PlayStation Plus right there. You know, it's a great so, deal. Mm-hmm, so there are a number of great games, and I think they're on sale till Tuesday. And like, I mean, like Psychonauts is like two fifty. That, yeah. that's 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 amazing right there that's I mean, that's a steal right there honestly. yeah i mean there are a bunch of great deals like available like uh you know I, i'll tell you if i didn't own like half these games already that, that i paid full <laughs> price for you know dang it uh, right but uh, so i mean if you don't own these games already i mean this is like a really really good way of like picking them up and having them on on, on your yeah. ps4 so i mean yeah. like i said we'll, we'll have a link to the playstation blog that will have the full list of games that are on sale you do have till tuesday to like shop through if you have playstation plus you'll save even more money but I mean, a number of these games are, are well worth picking up. Like I said, especially the Neo Geo stuff and the um, Arcade Archives games. There, there are a number of classics, and even the um, the Castlevania collection is on sale yeah. for like fourteen bucks. You know, uh, and like, the arcade collection too. In that case, yeah, a bunch of these are great deals. 
Welcome! And that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called What Are You Playing? We get some games you've all been playing or have recently beat. So, Robert, what have you been playing? Well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, I've been playing this game called Blazing Chrome. Um, you know, mm, uh, we, the Contra game. Yeah, uh, well, the Contra-inspired game because we we have the Contra collection. So, technically, we did need another Contra game, but I'll tell you. It's kind of like a new Contra in a sense. Yeah? It does feel like <laughs> it feels like a Contra-inspired game. It's by the team, the arcade crew. Uh, we've been playing it for a while because it's been a pack show or two for a while now. And, you know, now it's finally out. And I'll tell you, these guys really know how to design great Contra style games. This game feels like a hardcore challenge through and through. There are like two characters that you unlock or no, the two characters that you play through as first, but you can actually unlock more as you go on. Um, Great side scrolling levels are involved. And there's this really cool 3D style level that you can play through as well. It's really inspired by sin and punishment in a way which I think is really cool. Um, The graphics are great. The music's really good. I actually picked it up for PlayStation 4. I had it for Switch, and I just finished my Switch review for it, but I decided to get it for PlayStation 4 as well because I'm going to live stream this sucker just one of these days, (laughs) and I'm going to get around to that. It's really a lot of fun, and just it's a hardcore challenge, so if you can, try to get a friend to go with you because it's just really a blast. Uh, It's a good time all around, and even if you have the Contra collection, you should add this to your collection to go with it as well. Hmm. Uh, so I've been playing that. Uh, definitely recommend it. I know I give away a PC code as well somewhere in our Discord channel, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, on top of that, I've also been playing this game called Sinking Kagura Peach Ball. Uh, this came out this week for Nintendo Switch, and this is uh, an interesting game. It's a uh, it's pervy pinball. It's a, it's Oh, a, I've seen this game in the shop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it's a pinball game in which, uh, you know, these anime-style girls are kind of half-naked and everything, and, and your job is to, like, kinda. you know... Yeah, they're, they're, they're in lingerie or whatever, and you, you take part in these bonus rounds and everything, and your job is to kind of get them naked, I guess? Um, the, the plot is weird, and the game is weird, but... I mean, I suppose if you like pinball and everything, there's a little appeal to that. I mean, the Sinking Kagura games have always been about, you know, appealing to the anime sense of, oh, these girls are almost naked. Yay. You know, fan so, service is what they call it. Exactly. Yeah. Fan service. <laughs> so, you know, in that sense, they definitely fit that mold. So, mm-hmm. you know, mission accomplished there. It's not the best pinball game out there. I'm still a sucker for the pinball arcade and obviously pinball FX3. But if you're looking for a niche t- sort of game, it's not bad. It's just don't expect greatness yeah, the, the physics are a little <laughs> off and it's definitely a weird game but it could be fun if you're a fan of the series so yeah i'll, I'll leave i guess that. it sounds like um like if like pinball med doa beats volleyball in that case so. a little pervier than that but yeah yeah sure. <laughs> um i've also been playing some virtual racing on nintendo switch uh i think this is a great port probably the best sega ages game yet uh, a lot of fun to play. Very well done visuals and uh, sound. Very good gameplay. Some good options there. The multiplayer is a little nuts when it gets to eight players. So maybe stick with four if you can. But a very well done game for $8. And finally, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I think it's a very well done game. Some technical glitches here and there, but really well done. I actually got to play a little bit of it on Xbox One, and it looks really good on the Xbox mm. One X. Uh, very well done game so far. Uh, very beautiful. So if you can get into it, definitely do so. It's Ega's best work in years. And mm. only because, you know, the last, it's been a while. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been working on some stuff, but it's great to see him finally get the, get that game out and get it working there. It's really awesome. Oh, what have you been playing there, David? Uh, sure. So as I mentioned, Dr. Mario World. Uh, so this is a new mobile game from Nintendo. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, so it's like a puzzle game, just like Dr. Mario, but it's it plays differently from your typical Dr. Mario game. It's kind of weird. Like, it's kind of like in in reverse. Instead of like going going uh, like you know having the pills go down, the pills are going up. And uh, once you get them like up to like a certain point, you can't bring them back back down. If that makes sense. Um, you know, so it's definitely like a different twist. It's I guess it's kind of like easier in that sense. Um, what's really cool actually is that you can also, you know, along with Dr. Mario, you can also be Dr. Peach and also Dr. Bowser, which Dr. Bowser is just absolutely amazing. I would absolutely How does like he get in the coat. How yeah. does he get in the coat? <laughs> I mean, it must be like custom fitted or something, right? Seriously. Does he like get around? Ah, it fits me. Shh. No, it doesn't. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like each, each doctor basically has like their own like power ups and abilities or whatever. Um, so, you know, as far as like how they clear out like rows of columns and things like that. So um, that's like a reason to kind of like pick different ones. Uh, and they can also have like their own like assistants basically. And the assistants are made up of other Mario characters like Goombas and whatnot. So, uh, so there is that. I did play this online a little bit. 
Uh, people are merciless online. <laughs> Matches do not last long at all. I heard like, the multiplayer is kind of competitive, like uber competitive. <laughs> it's super competitive, and when you first start out and you're still trying to wrap your mind around like a new Dr. Mario game that plays like this, um, people just show no mercy. Like they just absolutely destroy you, and you know before you even like know like what even happened, the round's already over. Um, so I wouldn't really recommend the multiplayer in this. And honestly, like, you know, with what I was saying before in regards to the, um, uh, to like the microtransactions, I would, I would only suggest to play the single player up to a certain point, uh, when they start kind of getting egregious and when it's very obvious they have to, um, to use like the microtransactions in order to really get anywhere. Um, at least that's how I am with like a lot of these games. Like I kind of play them for a bit. And then once I get to like that point, that's when I stop. So um, but yeah, like it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting to like check out and like see what what like Nintendo's doing in the mobile space. So, uh, and along with that too, I'm still playing through Ace Attorney Investigations Miles Edgeworth. So this is basically the Phoenix Wright game where you play as Miles Edgeworth instead. Um, I'm liking this a lot. Uh, I've been trying to kind of catch up to like the Phoenix Wright games or the Ace Attorney games, I should say. And um, yeah, like I'm I'm at the uh, the last case right now. Like I'm in I'm in the middle of it right now, and uh, it's really really cool. It's it's awesome. Like how it ties into like a lot of stuff from like the previous game. So I'm I'm liking it a lot. Um, like a lot of like callbacks to like you know to like uh, older characters in the original um, Ace Attorney trilogy. So and along with that too, I I got myself back into Destiny two. Um, I had to stop though. Like today, I officially decided like you know what I'm done because like every time I pick up I I pick this game back up basically. Um, I just get, like, really, like, zoned out and just, like, really, like, I guess, like, addicted to it, and I just can't have that in my life right now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, it's, it's not really, like, a loss. Like, it's, it's more of, like, a loss if I kept playing, honestly. I, I just had to stop because, like, it's just not... It's not healthy for me to keep playing this game. Um, as you know, Robert, like, from, like, every time I was talking about Destiny, like, the original Destiny, anyway, uh, I, I just had to stop playing it, and, um, you know, I, I'm officially off of Destiny 2. Like, I just have to stop entirely, so. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm sure there will be something else that will take its place in the future, so. But for now, I, I need to get, you know, focus on getting my uh, my my backlog, like, down, so. Yeah, dude. <laughs> just take a break and take care of yourself. That's the point. There's that too, yes, absolutely, and I would, you know, uh, you, you know what, I would 100% recommend that, like, if you feel like that anything in your life is getting in your way of whatever it is that you're doing, uh, I would highly recommend to to do whatever you can or to get, like, whatever help that you need, especially to reach out to, like, friends and stuff, so, and also, like, a really good point, too, is Puyo Puyo Champions, which is on Switch, so since we are talking about the Dr. Mario series, I figured I would give away a code here for Puyo Puyo Champions, which a lot of people would consider to be, like, the predecessor to Dr. Mario, uh, so Puyo Puyo Champions is easy to learn and tough to master. Jump straight into fast-paced puzzle action with features fit for both friendly rivalries and competitive tournaments in Puyo Puyo Champions. Challenge your friends and family in local multiplayer or compete against players from around the world through online matchmaking. Built for all ages, this classic puzzle game comes with a surprisingly competitive edge. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Again, this is a Switch code. The code is c 0 2 s 2 9 P N R X P K eight three X V. Again, that's Puyo Puyo Champions on Switch. Enjoy. Welcome back to the stage of history. And with that, we have the stage of history, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot for better or for worse in the pantheons of history. So again, we are talking about the Dr. Mario franchise. So if we would talk about like a couple of games from the Dr. Mario series here, uh, starting off with Dr. Mario 64. So this is a 2001 puzzle game by Nintendo. It is an enhanced remake of the original NES title. It was re-released as part of the Japanese GameCube game Nintendo Puzzle Collection, along with Panel de Pon and Yoshi's Cookie. And it was voted number 76 in Game Informer's Top 100 Games of All Time poll in 2001. Uh, so, Robert, place yourself in the year 2001. Would Dr. Mario 64 be anywhere in your Top 100, you feel like? Probably not, if only because it's kind of hard to imagine, like, you know, first off, I mean, when when you imagine Dr. Mario 64, I'm like, out of all the games rebooted for Nintendo 64, like, Dr. Mario 64 doesn't sound the most compelling, like, coming after, like, Star Fox 64 or F-Zero 64 or Super Mario 64 or yeah. you know, stuff like that. It, it doesn't exactly sound like the most compelling, but 
it's not a bad game. It's not, you know, the multiplayer component is pretty nice. And, you know, there are some different modes here, like score attack and marathon and classic and story. And, you know, there's stuff like here, but I mean, the fact that it's like a story mode is kind of, is kind of big, right? It, it is, but I mean, there's no Dr. Bowser. <laughs> it's true. It's I true. wanted, I wanted Dr. Bowser. Damn it. Give me Dr. Bowser. I think but, there's you know, a Dr. Wario though, right? I think I don't think it's just I think it's just Wario. Well, no, is it just Wario? Is it? I think it's I think it's just Wario. Yeah, it's not Doctor Wario. Oh, okay. So that points off. Sorry, it's too <laughs> but, bad. But I know. But I mean, from what I understand, it is kind of a fun game. So I mean, if if you, but I at the time I think it was more into Tetrisphere, mm. you know, because yeah. it was more of a compelling use of the Nintendo sixty four hardware compared to like what looked like a gussied up version of Doctor Mario. But it wasn't bad. You know, if you were into Dr. Mario, I certainly wouldn't kick it away. I mean, it does seem like a strange choice of a game to come out on the Nintendo 64 when we're, you know, when like Nintendo is now going into like the 3D era and you have this 2D puzzle game that kind of comes out. Like this kind of seemed like it would be a better fit for the Super Nintendo, even though the Super Nintendo did get Tetris uh, Tetris and Dr. Mario, uh, which we will definitely talk about later. But um but yeah, like it just kind of seemed to make more sense to I don't know have more of a dedicated Doctor Mario game on the Super Nintendo with like a story mode and all these other features. It's, it's just kind of a strange choice, I feel like, for the N sixty four. But you know how Nintendo was. I mean, they, they released all sorts of games that you know catered to different audiences, like Pokemon Puzzle League and stuff like that. So they, they would obviously experiment with like I mean you know, Tetrisphere. You know, and te- Tetrisphere wasn't everybody's speed, but there it was. It didn't hurt to release it. And it was like if I recall correctly, it was a budget price title. It was thirty bucks. Oh, okay. Compared to like, you know, the other sixty dollar titles at the time. So it's not like it really hurt everybody. Mm. It might have hurt like Nintendo's bank account though a little bit, considering the fact that they had like cartridges back then and cartridges were not cheap to manufacture. You know, so to have like a cheaper cartridge true. out there, you know. It's uh, Yeah, it's but I mean it still made them enough money. I don't think that hurt them too badly. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, if we did like a deep dive into like their books. I mean, but... it, it, it didn't make them as much say like with Ocarina of Time. But, oh yeah, you know, it didn't course. exactly. <laughs> it didn't like hurt as much as say like whoever sold shovelware on this. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, so the next game we have here in the stage of history is Doctor Mario Online RX. So this is a 2008 puzzle game by Eureka. It was a WiiWare launch game in Japan, Europe, and Australia. Altered versions of Brain Age Two mini games are featured. And since the Wii Shop has been discontinued in January 2019, this game can no longer be downloaded. So, Robert, have you played Online RX? I played a little bit of it. Um, it was interesting at the time. I, I kind of wanted, when the Wii version came out, I kind of wanted, like, a full version instead of, like, this online, you know, component version. You felt like it was kind of gimped version, almost? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like with Dr. Mario Express, uh, which yeah. I will get into a little bit more with that. I, I don't know. I think... I felt more like a complete version, like with the original Dr. Mario on NES. I think that game felt really complete. Even I think that's kind of why I was a little more forgiving with Dr. Mario 64, because as much of a port that felt like it was still a kind of a complete game. This felt more like an online thing. You know, it was, it's sort of like Dr. Luigi, you know, you, you just feel like there's something that you still feel like you're compelled to play it and everything like that, but it's, you see the word online in the title and it's like, well, okay, but what if I want to play this? What if I want to play this? And you feel some certain limitations to it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's like your hands are kind of tied in a certain way. I mean, it, it's great that at the time that it ran, there were some great features and you could play like, you know, up to two players. I mean, there's some earlier games that supported four, but this one only supported two, which was kind of a bummer. But I heard that was kind of like were, a bit of a criticism on it. Yeah. It was, but when you did the two-player sessions, they were still fun. But, I mean, it was something that kind of bums some people out. Right. But, I mean, there was still some fun times to be had with it. But now that, you know, it's not available anymore, it kind of bums people out that you can't really get access to it. So, like, the good times don't really end anymore. Whereas, if, you know, if you released it at a retail or whatever, you could still enjoy it. Yeah. And, like, this never got, like, a retail release, I believe, right? No, I don't believe so. That's That's kind of the problem now is we're seeing, like, these, like... You know, these like games now kind of like heading towards like the digital age and where games are digital only if there's no like physical version of it. And now all of a sudden they're off the store. There's no way to gain access to these games anymore unless you already have it downloaded on some device. So exactly. And, and you know, that's why I've been like fighting for the longest time for, like, you know, like Contra, um, Gradius, Rebirth, Castlevania Rebirth, all these games that Konami released like so long ago and now we'll never see them ever again unless they do like re-releases on the Switch. I mean, we've been talking about the longest time, but like these games need to come back in some form, but we'll, we'll never see them. I mean, we're, we're seeing these great collections, which is great and all, but 
you know, there's still this longing for the games that people missed out on the first time around because they didn't have a Switch. Or, I'm sorry, they didn't have a Wii. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a rebirth, like collection is in order. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my take, anyway. Yeah. So. And, and that's kind of why I'm saying, you know, with the Switch, if they do bring around Dr. Mario, they just need to make it a general release and not something like Dr. Mario Online RX. Like, just make it a de- general Dr. Mario game, not like a variation of what they do with their um, with their mobile game. Just make it Dr. Mario. Make it like Dr. Mario 64. Hmm. You know, you say what you want about that, but, you know, at least make it like a Dr. Mario game where you can play offline multiplayer or, you know, something like that. You know, I'll, I'll even take, like, uh, a classic version of the 8-bit game. I'm good yeah. with that. I never played Dr. Mario 64, but I'm definitely intrigued by the fact that it has a story mode. So I'm kind of curious to actually play through that. So, yeah, um, why not? Yeah. So, I mean, like, maybe like have like a modern day Dr. Mario that brings back like the original gameplay, but have like, I don't know, a really epic storyline, like NetherRealm Studios, like, <laughs> like storyline. Sure. <laughs> you know, they could do that with Metroid. They can do it with Dr. Mario. Just make it a little compelling and everything. Yeah. With cutscenes and everything. So. <laughs> uh, what is a man? Right, right, right. And that's going to lead us now to Obscura. And uh, for Obscura, I kind of wanted to pick a game that kind of you you can go and play offline. So I picked Tetris and Dr. Mario for the Super Nintendo. Because this is a game you can go back and play and enjoy, either with Tetris or Dr. Mario. And uh, you, you can enjoy them separately. You can either play Tetris by itself or Dr. Mario by itself. Or you can play a mixed match mode in which you can have one player take on another and have like Tetris mixed in with Dr. Mario. It's kind of cool. Um, you actually don't really see games mixed in together like this too often anymore, uh, save for Puyo Puyo Tetris, of course, yeah. which I think is really cool. But uh, yeah, the graphics are kind of beefed up a little bit from the 8-bit versions, kind of like Dr. Mario 64. It's pretty neat how they mix these two together and yet still kept the nature of both games together. Yeah. You know, it, it, without really kind of like overwhelming one from the other. Um, so... You know, you can play against a friend if you want. You can also go against a computer. Um, and, of course, uh, with Dr. Mario, you still go up against those blue, yellow, and red viruses. And uh, you can change your difficulty up if you wish. And then with Tetris, of course, you still clear the lines away. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great to see these two games kind of remixed together there. And you could still choose, like, the different music modes, too. Fever, chill, or weird. <laughs> you know, the best kind of music modes available. Of course. So, you know. Nintendo, you know, they 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 made their uh, they made their NES games flourish on the Super Nintendo. Super Mario All Stars comes to mind. So Tetris and Doctor Mario kind of fits in that bill. Um, I think it kind of got kind of ignored a little bit because at that time people more got more into Super Mario All Stars, rightfully so, and obviously a lot of Super Nintendo classics. But I like what happened with this game because, like I said, you could go, you could play against a friend, you could play it by yourself, you could choose either of the games. It was a neat little option to have. And this, you know, if they if the Nintendo does do the Switch Online thing with the Super Nintendo games, this is one of the games I'd like to see. Yeah. Just because it'd be great to just dive into these games again and just have a ball with the way the games they used to be. Instead of like Online RX or, right. or Dr. Luigi or something like even if they don't have a Or story. Dr. Mario World, I guess, in the case too. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like with like Tetris and Dr. Mario, I mean, like it, it is a nice twofer. Um, I feel like it's a good value in that sense. Um, you know, and also the fact that you do have like the two, um, the two like gameplay styles of Tetris and Dr. Mario mishmashing together in that sense is really cool. Um, it, it's just like really, really interesting how Nintendo decided to come out with this, considering the fact that obviously there was like Tetris that came out first and that was just like a global hit. Like everyone was all about Tetris. And so they figure it's like, okay, well, we'll we'll come out with our own, like, puzzle game, basically, but with, like, Mario on it. So, like, Dr. Mario, have him throw pills, defeat germs, all that stuff. Um, so a lot of people kind of consider, like, Dr. Mario to be almost aping on Tetris' style, even though, like, you know, both games kind of, like, play differently. But as far as, like, oh, we need, like, a puzzle game of our own that's, like, Nintendo-vied, almost, you know? <laughs> um, so it, it is kind of interesting, like, how Nintendo did come out with this as far as, like, having both games together and, and, and playing together in that sense. Yeah, it was really cool, you know, and like I said, you really don't see too many puzzle games of this nature that do a crossover like this and successfully capture the nature of both games successfully like this without, like, screwing things up. Because you know how, like, 
you do something like that and you kind of alter the rules and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. Yeah, it doesn't satisfy like either camp, like either like the Tetris camp or, or the Dr. Right. Mario camp. So this seems like it has like something for everyone as far as like if you just want to play Tetris or you just want to play Dr. Mario or if you want something new and weird, um, then you can have both, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, you know, one of the songs is actually named Weird. So boom. Exactly. So yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for a nostalgic Super NES puzzler, this is the way to go. And hey, you don't even have to worry about buying it off a shop. Boom. Boom. Oh, there, <laughs> there you go. You go. <laughs> and that's going to lead us now to our main topic, which is basically celebrating Dr. Mario. So, um, you know, a lot of people have only really played the NES version, I feel like, or even like the Game Boy version, uh, basically like the original Dr. Mario. Um, and one thing I do have to mention uh, before we kind of like move on from that is that the box art for Dr. Mario, I feel like, is like one of my favorite box art for NES games, period. I, I don't know why. I just really, really love like just like the colors, obviously, with like the pills and the germs. And also that smile that Dr. Mario has as he's like looking up at the germs and pills and everything. I, I don't know why. It just like fills me with joy. <laughs> Every time I see Dr. Mario, just like look up, it's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you all. Like, it's just. Oh, look, <laughs> it's a bunch of germs. Yeah. I think I'm holding a thermometer. I got exactly. this under control. <laughs> I still want to know who made him a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So can we get into this at first, actually, before we get into like anything that I even had like in my notes, actually, like what, like where did Dr. Mario get his doctorate from? Like which school did he go to? Um, the, the Charles Martinet Academy. I don't know. <laughs> the Miyamoto Academy. There's got to be a Miyamoto Academy. You'd be like, yeah, I'm just giving out degrees. I mean, I would say that it was like an online course, but online courses weren't a thing back then. So, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know if it was like a Dr. Nick kind of scenario. Yeah, I mean, like 80s college was a lot different back then. So, <laughs> who, who knows? I don't know. But, like, uh, yeah. So, like, as far as like the Dr. Mario games, though. Um, like, I, I'm kind of curious on your take, Robert, as far as, like, what you believe made the original game, like, a big hit. Because it, it, was, it was definitely, like, a big hit, like, when it first came out, so. I think it's a matter of the gameplay. Like, at the time, you wanted, like, a puzzle game that was easy to play, yet hard to put down. You know, and everybody had played Tetris literally to death, you know, like, putting together lines and everything like that. And they were looking for something new and... Not all the puzzle games had that kind of factor, you know, like Hattress was kind of boring and at the time Columns wasn't around. So well, this had the Mario factor in this case. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this, this, had, this had the Mario factor and everything and the music was just right and the gameplay was just right and, mm -hmm. you know, everything just came together pretty nicely. You know, there were a few concerned parents. Why are my kids dropping pills all over the place, you know? That and, was a bit of controversy, yeah. I, I remember that. I mean, but you have to understand, it was like, that's part of the gameplay. I mean, they're not really going to go into your medical cabinet and look for blue pills and, and contacts. I mean, this was like back in like well like the 90s or whatever so like you yeah. know people back then were just or like parents back then really were just like super scared that like whatever kids like you know saw on tv or played in games are going to emulate and that's obviously what led to like the scare with like games like gta and things like that so yeah and, and you know i think they were more concerned at the time like wait why is mario a doctor who's he <laughs> examine you know right. so you know and what was really interesting at the time is like at the same time that the game came out for NES, they also produced uh, a Game Boy port, but they also did uh, an arcade release uh, for the Nintendo versus uh, versus Dr. Mario, and they did a version for the PlayChoice 10. So, like, Nintendo went all out to promote the game. It wasn't just on the NES. Mm -hmm. Like, they really wanted to give that Dr. Mario love. Like, here's Dr. Mario. Here's this version. Here's this version. Mm -hmm. Play it. Pop those pills. Do it. Do it. Whatever. Now, um, I never played the Game Boy version. I don't know if you have, but I imagine that it would be, like, really hard to, like, distinguish the different color germs, like, considering um, the screen on the was, Game Boy. I think what it was is they, instead of, like, red, yellow, and blue they were just like different shades like you had black you had white and then you had fuzzy fuzzy okay so kind of like the gray area i guess in that sense <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know if i can show you here let me um let me link this screenshot i pulled up here uh you can see like the, the, it looks like you know they're, they're black white and then like fuzzy oh gotcha <laughs> so, yeah i mean so it's they're literally not, like they're not, yeah they're they're just like they're not colors they're just shades <laughs> yeah i mean it's so, literally like, like 50, 50 yeah. shades of mario 50, 50 shades of mario 50 sure. shades of dr mario yeah <laughs> uh, need to show you what's behind this door oh no <laughs> we don't <laughs> what's behind but, that curtain dr mario <laughs> but, but if i recall correctly like um the, the game boy version sold pretty well too 
because I, I guess people didn't mind, you know, the lack of colors. They wanted like a good puzzle play game to play in the game because, you know, it was just addictive as Tetris at the time. So, you know, it, people got into that as well. So, yeah, I mean, at the time of its release, like Dr. Mario got a lot of exposure. There was a, a really big gamble on it and it paid off, you know, and then all of a sudden it created this legacy and obviously that led to a number of releases over the years including those you know the one we just talked about dr mario express dr mario online rx dr mario 64 mm-hmm. um and it's some interesting spin-offs too like there was a wii u game that came out in 2016 called dr luigi yeah that came out during like the year luigi celebration because i guess people were like we can't forget about luigi <laughs> <laughs> now i'm kind of curious where luigi got his doctorate from <laughs> probably from mario be like hey you're a doctor now you're a doctor i knight you a doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then there was a the, the, the interesting thing about it is like uh, it had different game modes, um, Retro Remedy and Operation L. Um, and apparently there were two different capsules that you could join together to create L-shaped configurations. Oh, so okay. it was. So it then, wasn't course, like an Operation C kind of run and gun shooter. No, kind of thing. no. Although that would have been funny. I'm not gonna win, but the, right. But anyway, not to go off topic there. But I mean, it's like over the years, it, it led to a, a lot of interesting releases. And it's kind of funny. We mentioned the earlier Nintendo Switch release. This was actually one of the first games that came out when Nintendo Switch Online launched. Mm-hmm. So That's it right. is available to play right now on Nintendo Switch Online, so people can go and pop their pills, I guess. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I mean, to go back to uh, to that controversy, though, I mean, like, there, there was even, like, the fact that, like, the logo for Dr. Mario has the RX symbol on it. So, I mean, like, it was really, really, like, you know, digging deep on the whole medicinal kind of, like, callbacks, I guess, like, in it, and... I guess, like, some people could be, like, wary about it, especially if their kids are playing and they're wondering what it is. And, like, you know, if they see, like, similar pills, like, say, if they're, like, living with their grandma or something like that, and they, like, pop the pills, like, thinking it's fun in games and stuff. I can maybe see that line of thinking, maybe. Um, but even still, I mean, that's, like, up to you as a parent to, like, you know, make sure that things are inaccessible for your young kids to get a hold of and to, and, and, and also to educate them that, like, these things aren't, aren't toys. So. And plus, <laughs> on top of that, the pills don't even look like real pills. They're colored red yellow and blue like right. aside from the Fun classic aside, aside from the classic contact pills from the 80s i really can't think of any pills that are colored red yellow and blue like yeah. some jelly like a bellies, mixture of, maybe? Of, like the two, of like the three colors in that case like yeah. some some jelly bellies maybe but those are good for kids <laughs> if i recall well they're not they're not healthy but they're delicious so yeah. whatever but well, you sonic my... got that covered anyway with mean bean machines so. <laughs> yeah we're good we're good we're good but you get my point i mean like there are a lot worse things out there than the pills that this game was advertising so <laughs> you know and plus at the time i i think you know there were mario was pretty much doing it all wrecking crew you know he was he was a golfer you know he was doing all sorts of stuff so the many hobbies of mario yeah yeah it's like you know hey i thought you were a plumber nope Nope. <laughs> nope. Not at this time. <laughs> not, not a plumber. Not a damn. That's my day job. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, I, the thing about Dr. Mario, it was one of those games where it was a spinoff that you didn't expect to take off like it did. And it was just kind of interesting, like the concept. The, the gameplay is actually put inside a bottle. If you yeah. take a look, the, the play field is actually a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> you actually so you have like the germs like in the bottle and you have to like destroy the germs with like the pills, you could so, just yeah. put the lid on the bottle and that takes care of your damn problem it's <laughs> called a day <laughs> yeah you know you don't have to kill the germs inside it, but just close the bottle get a new bottle and you're covered but no i mean he might be doing like some sort of like test maybe to like see if the pills like work on different like germs or something i don't know yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm uh, he, he's more. examining <laughs> them too if you take a look the germs are dancing in the play field there under a magnifying glass yeah, that's right. They're having a grand old time. So. They are. They're, they're like, ah, you're in a bottle. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Honestly, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as Dr. Mario kind of like following up after Tetris. And obviously with like Tetris, I mean, you know, that really kind of opened up the puzzle genre, I feel like, for like a lot of people. But like Nintendo just kind of jumped right on that, just slapped Mario on it. And, um, you know, kind of come up with like their somewhat their own spin because again like it's it is very similar to Puyo Puyo in a sense and at, at the same time it still is like its own thing because the motif with the whole doctor medicinal kind of feel yeah. to it so if you want to talk about controversy though this is interesting I found out there was a downloadable version of the game that was made for Super Famicom's Satellaview peripheral it was under the name Dr. Mario BS version 
Yes. So I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to figure out like what what's so BS about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that that was like the same thing with like the Legend of Zelda as well because they had the BS version of that, which is like the online version only, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's part of their Satellaview thing. Um, I forget what BS stands for exactly, but yeah, well, you, not you bullshit. Could but I get, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, it's not bullshit. <laughs> I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> Take a days, you'll feel better. No, you will. It's not BS. No. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, one thing that I found interesting too is that there was actually like a Dr. Mario game watch as well. So it's like actually like a wristwatch that was shaped like a Game Boy, but you could play Dr. Mario on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is like something that you owned or played it all, Robert. I or... want one, but uh, I can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they like rare now, I imagine? Or... Well, they're rare and also I... I mean, I'm I'm getting a Battletoads tattoo. Isn't that enough to show off my geekdom? Do I have to have a watch that looks like a game? Yes, device? absolutely. <laughs> well, then you get one and make it look good in your job interview. Yes, that's right. Yes, am I am I hired? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, but I guess like since we did talk about Doctor Mario sixty four and then followed that was Doctor Mario Online RX. Uh, there was Doctor Mario Express, which you hinted at, Robert. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Mario Express. This was released um, as part of Nintendo DSi's uh, DSiWare uh, back in two thousand nine. And uh, this was another, like, sort of like online only. I mean, it was created by the same uh, company that did Dr. Mario Online RX. It was by Arika. And it had the, the general gameplay of earlier Dr. Mario puzzle games. Um, and it got generally positive reviews. But the problem is it was limited too. You know, it had fewer playable game modes. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost seemed like, again, another situation where Nintendo could have made it a full release. Because it, it was, it just seems like with the series, it's like with the earlier releases, we got full releases. You know, like we had with NES, Doctor Mario. With Super Nintendo, we had uh, Tetris and Doctor Mario. And then the NES version got ported to the Game Boy Advance twice. Uh, first with the classic NES Puzzle series, and then it got bundled with Puzzle League in 2005 with Doctor Mario and Puzzle League. And that was another fun little bundle they should have brought up. Which mm. I thought was really cool. A fundle, if you will. Yeah. A fundle, exactly. <laughs> absolute, absolute fundle. And then it got uh, it got included on in a GameCube preview disc for the GameCube, uh, mm. and then allowed players to download the NES version, so they could have played that way. But then you know, as time went on, it's almost like Nintendo stopped offering like the full version, and it offered like online compatible version. It was kind of an afterthought, I guess, and I, I guess it kind of makes sense because it's a pretty simple puzzle game for all intents and purposes. So I guess as time went on and games got more complex, a game like Doctor Mario just seems like too simple to have like a full like AAA release for, you know? Yeah, but see, we're, we live in this time now where you know puzzle games can get variations with creativity. You mm-hmm. know, take a look at the um, at the mobile game. You know, like it's it's really taking off with its Candy Crush style format, and if it wasn't for the crippling microtransactions it would take off like a rocket you know what i mean and, and i'm kind of curious to see like how well that game sells though as far as like it's microtransactions because obviously that's like you know it's it's a free-to-play game so i mean yeah. like, it needs those microtransactions in order to make its money um but yeah i was kind of curious to see like how well those microtransactions sell and like just how well that this game will catch on i feel like it's not going to catch on super well you're going to have a lot of people play it like around now mm-hmm. um but i feel like a lot of people are going to drop off of it very soon as well you know but then there's another approach tetris 99 we talked about this a while back. Like Tetris takes the uh, multiplayer approach, and mm-hmm. it's taken off like a rocket. And now they're offering like these side modes for like one-time ten-dollar purchases. What if Doctor Mario took a similar approach and did the whole multiplayer thing in its regard? I mean, if it did that at first, then yeah. If but it I mean, did like... something like that, if it offered like a multiplayer approach and then offered like single-player modes or something like that with one-time purchases, not microtransactions that pounded you over the head. If it did something like that, I think Dr. Mario could come back with a vengeance. He could <laughs> not have to worry about going to the golf course. You know what I mean? I mean, like the thing is, they're like, doc, like you know, with like Dr. Mario World, like the reason, you know, the reason why they went with the microtransactions is because it's proven that microtransactions work with these types of games, and like especially if uh, you have like a large player base like behind it. Um, like if you take like with like Pokemon Go, for example, I mean, that's sold by gangbusters because everyone was playing it. It was a big hit. And so because you have like a large player base, you're going to have like a lot more opportunity for people to actually buy into the microtransactions for that. And at least with like Pokemon Go, the microtransactions weren't like egregious. But with Dr. Mario World, it, it's just it, yeah, it, it does feel like it needs some like fine tuning. I don't know if like people will be turned off by it like in general. 
Um, but I, I am curious to see how well it sells in that case. So, yeah. Man, I'm just saying, if Tetris 99 can succeed in the Nintendo Switch front, then Nintendo should consider something along those lines for Dr. Mario, at least somewhere. Tetris 99 is different, though. I mean, because like, like, it came out for Switch, first yeah. off. It's not, it's not mobile. It's not like a mobile phone game, you know? True. It's not. Um, and it doesn't have the microtransactions that Dr. Mario World does, because Dr. Mario World has like the same type of microtransactions that you need in like I don't know, like any other like mobile phone game, basically, where you buy items that helps you get through the stage, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, with like Tetris 99, like the only microtransactions really are just like the um, the single player modes, whatever, which is which is fine, right. whatever, because like the whole the whole selling point of Tetris 99 period is the fact that you go up online against 99 other people. So, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, with something like Dr. Mario, it seems like a lot of the appeal comes from dropping competitive pills against other people. Something like RX proved, something like Express proved. So if Nintendo wants to capitalize on that sort of audience, like, you know, Dr. Mario 64 even kind of proved that with its multiplayer. So mm-hmm. if Nintendo is trying to capitalize on something like that, I mean, they can still have their Dr. Mario world. But I mean, if we had, like, a Tetris Effect-style Dr. Mario yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, you know, do something like that. Like a four-player like mode or something? Yeah, like yeah. a four-player mode or, or just something that took advantage of, like, online multiplayer while still offering some sort of single-player component, like like a separate release or something like that. Then, you know, something down the road. So if Dr. Mario did come back, not necessarily, like, World, just make it a separate release and not something that's limited to, like, this online release, like Online RX or Express. You know what I'm saying? Make it something... You know, even like, you know, offer it like a retail release or something like that. I'd be more than willing to pay 30. I mean, even if it's Dr. Mario Switch, you know, and it's like Dr. Mario 64, I'd still get it because, you know, I I like this sort of classic game. And, you know, I don't want it to be limited to just this online component thing. Let me have something that offers me a story mode. I want to know how Dr. Bowser got his degree. Let me know, please. Is there See, a university? that would be the ultimate story mode. That would be the ultimate, the please, ultimate story mode. Please, let me know mode. if there's a degree. Let me know if Wario's teaching a class. Let me know if there's a cadaver that looks like Waluigi. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, you, know? you could update it like in like a sense as far as like the lore of Dr. Mario and he actually went to like an online course or something please, like that. Please, I, I would buy a game like that. I'm just saying, when it comes to the future of Dr. Mario, I mean, I understand the, uh, the 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 mobile thing, and it's great that the game's getting some downloads, but it shouldn't just be delimited to mobile, and it shouldn't just be limited to online. Nintendo should take a look at its options and offer something pretty much to everybody. You know, something that appeals to single player and something that appeal, appeals to multiplayer. And it look at its options that way. I mean, it's doing that with Tetris. It started out as a multiplayer game, but now it's offering single player options that you pay like, you know, 10 bucks for and you're covered. You know, you don't have to buy all these microtransactions to get it loaded. Mm-hmm. So with Dr. Mario, get a Switch game that covers all the bases for like 20, 30 bucks and bring the legacy back in a proper way. Not online RX, not Express. You know, make it a Dr. Mario game that we'll be happy with. I mean, yeah, maybe 20, 30. I mean, 30 might be a bit too high, but yeah, maybe 20 would be kind of like a sweet spot, perhaps, because like Nintendo likes to overprice their games anyway. So, yeah, well, 30, 40, I mean, whatever. Ooh, just 40 something. would be like really out there, I feel like, well, for a Dr. Mario. But game. for a story mode, you know, like, ex- I mean, unless it's NRS like style story mode with the cutscenes. <laughs> you really, you really want Mercury's team to tell this story. He'd be like, yes, <laughs> dramatized. I mean, like, if you're going to charge 40 bucks for I mean, you better like have something to bring to the table with a story. <laughs> you just want this Michael Crichton ER style Doctor Mario <laughs> drama. That's what you want. You want the damn. It, I he's would going be down to for that. Die. <laughs> or make it like an episodic thing, like Scrubs. Like have it be like a Scrub style Doctor Mario. Oh my God. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's I can dream, can I? I liked the classic Doctor Mario games. I didn't like the online experience. Maybe that's why I didn't jump into Doctor Mario World right away. I will. Yeah. It's some point but i like the classic style of games that's that's what i'm a fan of and hopefully we'll get back to that point i think the switch is prime for it we'll see what happens i mean you're definitely not going to find that classic style in dr mario world but i would still recommend just to kind of check it out just kind of see what it's all about um and you'll kind of see for yourself i guess like once you get to like a certain level in that so yeah Yeah. and there's always (laughs) the nes game on the switch there is that too yeah absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, so we did uh, hear back from some listeners as well in terms of Dr. Mario. Uh, there's Mega Daffy, who is a big time fan of ours, actually. Uh, he says, I have many happy memories playing Dr. Mario 64, the only Dr. Mario to have an actual story to it. I always enjoyed these types of games, whether they were this Tetris Attack Original or Tetris Attack Pokemon Puzzle League. 
Um, so yeah, definitely a big fan of uh, just kind of you know puzzle games in general. There it seems. Um, Derek Andrews, it says, I had an epic game of Dr. Mario just a couple of weeks ago with an old friend. Some of the most fun I ever remember playing video games with anybody. So that's definitely one thing. Like if you play the two player mode and that's just like any like good puzzle game, you're going to get like super competitive play. Like, um, it's not Dr. Mario, but like, I, I know like whenever I would go visit Ireland and, uh, see my aunt Carol, um, we, we would play columns all the time, like all the time. Cause she had like the Genesis at, at the house. And uh, she loved to like practice and practice like you know against me as well. Um, so it, it was just like a lot of fun to kind of like you know with me obviously not like practicing on my column skills or anything, but I still have like innate gamer skill I guess like up against her actually practicing. And it actually came kind of came out even a lot of cases like they were really hard nose matches. So it was always like a lot of fun to do you know to do any sort of like competitive puzzle game in that case. So. Uh, and then finally here, Justin C. Taylor, who says, I had a cousin who was amazing at Dr. Mario. She'd take on all comers and beat the entire family some evening. So exactly what I was talking about with my Aunt Carol. So, <laughs> you know, it's just like it turned to like a big, a big, a big competition in that case. That's great, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So thank you to those who responded there and, you know, then sharing your Dr. Mario memories. So, um, you know, I, I know it's a bit, a bit of like a long shot to come up with like Dr. Mario memories, but I'm glad that, uh, you know, that we had some people respond there. So, uh, so it's a lot of fun. And uh, Robert, I believe you have a game code to give away. Yes, I have a code to give away here. It is for Warlocks 2 God Slayers for PC. Meet your companions within the Order of Warlocks online. Socialize, discuss your strategies, and crack a few cold ones with your pals. Remember, we are Warlocks. Don't need to fight for you. They're right to party. (laughs) (laughs) Then here is, of course, code for you. It is X7IF9RKWRR. A-E-I-T-F. And that is indeed for Warlocks 2 Godslayers for PC and enjoy. And we don't have random select this week since it's just the two of yeah, us. So. But I did want to talk about some great retro games that are coming out that are actually out this week. So, yeah, of course, first I want to talk about Blazing Chrome. Uh, this is, of course, the Contra inspired game by the arcade crew. I talked about it a little bit this week. Um, very cool game. It's available now. It's on sale on PlayStation Store. I guess it's part of the retro sale. Uh, it's sixteen ninety nine. You can get it through Tuesday. It's a great pickup. Also, uh, Picnic Panic, the new expansion for the Messenger, dropped today. Uh, this is the uh, the awesome ninja game that uh, came out a few months ago. It is now got the new beach levels and <laughs> including a nice little battle with the octopus there. I believe that got featured there at PAX a little while back. Oh That's yeah, that was in like the trailer. I remember. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it is a free expansion. You can update now and uh, well, we're checking out. And also uh, this might have slipped by a few people here. Uh, David, do you remember an old Turbo Graphics game called Ninja Spirit? Yeah, actually I do. Yeah. Uh, so the arcade version came out for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 through the arcade archives. Mm. And this is actually pretty cool. It's only like eight bucks and it's tough. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's IREM, so I'm no surprise there. But it's, it's an arcade re- game, too. In that yeah, case, so. <laughs> it's, it's the arcade version. And it's very cool, but it's a neat little hack and slasher that uh, it's fun to play again. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. So, uh well, we're checking out if you guys like hack and slash ninja games. So uh, highly recommend checking that one out. So yeah, just thought I'd run through those little retro games. Uh, I know we don't have the random select, but we'll make it up to you guys uh, next episode. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I uh, just want to give like a shout out here to our patrons, Francisco Limas and Mac the Ball. So thank you very much, guys, for helping support the show. And if you too would also like to support the show, you could check us out at patreon.com slash rcast where you can see like all of our different perks uh, that you can sign up for. Uh, there is, um, you know, the, the shout out, which we did just then, uh, we can also do like a shout out for, uh, for like whatever kind of like promotional thing that you want to like, get out there. And, um, you know, there's also one to pick a topic and also one to be actually be a part of the show as well, which is really cool. So, uh, definitely check that out. If you're interested, patreon.com slash artcast. Indeed. And make sure to stop our discord as well. The link will be there in our channel there. We stop by and talk to our fans regularly and we do giveaways as well. Like I said, sometime over the next few days, I'll be stopping by to give away a code for blazing Chrome on PC. So be sure to stop by our discord. That's right. Yeah, we did do like a um, like a recent giveaway, actually uh, teaming up with Konami, actually to do giveaways for their uh, for the Konami co- collection games, basically. So um, it, it was really really cool, like to work with them, and uh, you know people got like some really awesome codes there, including a code for Bloodstained on Switch, which is really really neat. So um, so yeah, def- definitely check out our Discord uh, for more information there and to uh, and, and to talk with us and also uh, and also our fans there. So it's really cool. And uh, yeah, that was basically episode one sixty eight in the books. And uh, if you want to find the Arcast on Twitter. We 
we are at ARG Podcast. Same thing for Facebook, facebook.com slash ARG Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at The Guilty Man. Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the DCD. You can also check out my writing over at scuffgaming.com. I write for their blog. You can also check out my reviews at mmogames.com and godhatesgeeks.com. Please be sure to check out our partner site, Don't Feed the Gamers, at don'tfeedthegamers.com. That's run by our good friend Liana Ruppert, where her team give fan-centric news and reviews in gaming. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at ardcasts at retrozap.com, and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars or pop culture in general. There's also us with Arcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. Yeah, that's episode number 168 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro. And remember, I am not a doctor, but I play one on TV and in real life, I guess. But I'm not yeah. a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor. You also play one on your TV, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, yeah, I stand on my TV. I'm a, uh, yes, uh, it's a classification of, um, it's not herpes. Uh, it's <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it's not herpes. Thank God. Anyway. I mean, if if we don't know like where Dr. Mario got his doctorate from, I'm kind of curious what the germs actually are. So could they uh, be herpes? <laughs> no, like I, they're else. not herpes. I mean, it, it's probably the, the red ones are inflammatory, so they're probably <laughs> some variation of the flu. On the blue ones, uh, they're like a, a, a cold. <laughs> I want to say that like, the blue ones are like tuberculosis or something. Tur- wow. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? We should contact Nintendo. Doug Bowser would know. Call up Doug Bowser. <laughs> Dr. Doug Bowser. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Yeah, let's find out where Dr. Doug Bowser got his degree. Let's find right. out. We'll, we'll get the answers for you soon, folks, but we'll see you next week for another great episode of Art Podcast. Catch you guys later. This is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally with the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.